Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. Up-close conversations with high-impact personalities from the world of sports and entertainment. Follow Roman on Twitter and Facebook at RomanGabriel3. This is a best-of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk. Today's show will feature interviews with USA Olympic swimming gold medalist Amy Van Dyken and NFL Hall of Famer Rod Woodson. Visit SoldOutTV.com for all things faith, family, and sports 365 days a year. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel 3 fan page. Now, here's Roman Gabriel III. Amy Van Dyken, the six-time Olympic gold medalist. You know her from the Olympic Games in Atlanta. Multiple winner, but you know what I love about Olympic athletes? I was just saying this to your agent who came in, and I have a lot of uh, winter Olympic athletes on too. Right. It's so much different than professional athletics because it's not so much about the money. It's about a lifetime dream. It's about overcoming obstacles, and it's about the opportunity to represent your country, which I find to be just like the military. I've had a lot of those guys in here today. So tell me about your memories, even as far removed as we are from your Olympic experience. Probably not that far. Right. But tell me about tell me about that and about that experience and about today what it's helped you to accomplish. It was an amazing experience to represent your country um, is very cool to do it at the Olympics is amazing um, to be able to say that I'm an Olympic champion for my country so cool. But you know you talk about what happened today. You know for people who don't know I was in a, an ATV accident seven months ago and um, basically uh, saw the light. And my husband found me. I wasn't breathing, and it took about four minutes to get me to breathe. Um, And then went to the hospital, and they said, you know, one of your vertebrae is right against your aorta, so say goodbye to your husband. So I did. And I said, you can date again. And I hope that he still knows that it's wow. it's not still on the table. Well, I thought you said he was right? out there somewhere. Right. Yeah, right, looking for a tall blonde, there right? You go. <laughs> but, you know, to, to go through what I've been through there and to equate it to the Olympics, it's not very similar except for I know how to overcome obstacles. Right. I know how my mind works, and I know that my mind can tell my body to do just about anything. And, you know, you say, I walk through hell with a smile on my face. So maybe your Monday morning meeting isn't really as bad as you think it is. So it's to give perspective. Amy Van Dyke, an Olympic swimming athlete. And uh, tell me about the accident in terms of just what it's taken to overcome it. Obviously, as an Olympic athlete, you said it. You know, setbacks are something that you deal with. This is a little more serious. But tell me about some of the opportunities that maybe God has given you through this opportunity. Well, it's been amazing. Um, I'm an ambassador for the Reeve Foundation, who obviously they're looking for a cure for spinal cord injury, as well as working with Cure Paralysis Now, who is also trying to do the same thing. Um, But I was sitting in the hospital at Colorado, and here's a bunch of paraplegics, a bunch of quadriplegics. You're told you're never going to walk again, or you're going to sit in a chair for the rest of your life and not move or feel anything. Oh, by the way, in order to take a shower, you need this special chair that costs $2,500, and insurance may not pay for it. So there's a statistic out there that says that when you're newly injured, that first year can cost up to a million dollars in medical bills alone that you will have to take care of. So I formed the Amy Van Dyken Foundation. We've got an arm, uh, an arm of it is Amy's Army, and you can find us at amyvandyken.org. And what we do is we provide necessary medical equipment to people with spinal cord injuries who can't afford it through their own means or insurance. Because you hear about these people who go in the backyard and hose themselves off once a week, and that's a shower. That's not cool. So I feel that's my calling, right. right? I feel that this happened to me for a reason. And I know my husband looks at it and says, we shouldn't have ridden, you know, been riding yeah, the ATVs. Yeah. 
this would have happened. Well, that's if what I was, a husband would say. Of course, but this was supposed to happen. It was going to happen no matter what. It could have happened when I was playing golf, right? It just so happened it was an ATV accident. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's a mental health situation or physical or an accident. The bottom line is, is you have the same emotional needs. And, you know, as a Christian, you know, my wife and I talk about this all the time, that we don't know what we would do without God in this life. It's just such a tough life. And for people to go through it without that comfort is what gives you that heartache for people. And obviously this has given you a purpose and you have a heart for people who are suffering. And in this world today, that's so needed. Yeah, it truly is. And and a lot of people just look at their day and they get so down about their coffee wasn't right or whatever. You've got to smile about it. Like yeah. every day is a blessing and you have to look at it that way and look at it like you don't know what's around the corner, right? So a lot of us don't tell our loved ones that we love them because we want to hold it. Oh, I'll tell them later. You know, Valentine's Day is coming up. I'll tell my husband then. Tell them now because you don't know what is going to happen. So that's kind of given me that freedom, I guess, if you will, to be able to do that and to tell people how I feel, which I think is awesome. And by the way, speaking of Valentine's Day, I gave you some ice cream. Yeah, Cold right? Stone Creamier. I, you know, I lived in Phoenix for 10 years when they started this oh. company. And it is, it is to die for. If you're going to die of something, this is the thing to do. <laughs> Stone Cold Creamy. So what, yeah. somebody, what are you doing with them? So, well, we're getting ready for Valentine's Day. And I want to tell you, you guys always mess it up. And I'm so sorry. We do. You do. And and you try so hard, but but inevitably you mess it up, right? <laughs> wait, wait. i got to make sure my wife's not listening <laughs> to this show. Well, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to coldstonecakes.com. We have got a cake for you. It's a heart-shaped cake, red velvet cake. Wow. You're also going to have sweet cream ice cream as well as fudge truffle ice cream. It gets better. Covered with chocolate ganache. <laughs> See, here's your, right. here's, here's the problem for me, since okay. ice cream's my weakness, Yes, is that she wouldn't be surprised if she opened it up and it was gone, right. that I ate it. <laughs> so this may be a serious problem for me. It may be, but that but the thought, that's what it means. Well, she thought. has me losing weight, so I've okay. cut down on my ice cream intake, but you know what? I'm going to, for one day, forget about that, yes. and maybe we'll take advantage. I've already had one, by the way. Oh, good. This sweet cream bar that they make so is really awesome. Good. Do you know what weight I would be if I was representing an ice cream company? <laughs> I would be, I would be about 500 pounds. Right. I mean, I might eat myself to death. Yes. I mean, I'm talking about half gallon here. I'm not right. talking about this. I'm talking just going through. I'm the guy who, you know, I don't know about your husband. Yeah. I'm watching TV late at night, getting the tall cup, yep. ice cream, milk, granola, anything I can find in there to put in there, stirring it up and eating it. Oh yes. So that's but yeah. See, it's good, and you need to do that because here's the thing: my last meal could have been trout and steamed broccoli. Like, how boring is that? <laughs> no, you need to make your last meal count, people. I'm with six-time Olympic gold medalist Amy Van Dyken, and um, you have a husband who's pretty famous, too. Tom Ruin is a kicker for the Denver Broncos, played in two of these Super Bowls. So he's got to be a, a kind of great partner because you guys like to work hard, and yeah. I know he's an athlete. Yeah. So I would think that this challenge that you're having, he's been a big help. He really has, absolutely. He's there every single day, and... He's there for a as a shoulder to cry on, and he's there to help me if I fall out of my chair to get me back up. Yeah, he's absolutely amazing. And, you know, you talk about inspiration, and I've heard people use that with me. He's the inspiration. Right. Like, he's the reason that I wake up every day. Well, you hit the nail on the head for people who have handicap situations. Is The spouse is very important because yes. if they can be that caretaker, which is tough for them. My wife's sister has Alzheimer's. Yeah. 
and her husband's really struggling and they, they're trying to get him to go to an Alzheimer's class so that he can learn that a lot of the things she's doing aren't to irritate, but they're just the disease. Right. Uh, but right. I, when I look at that and I think about spouses, that's really critical. How long have you guys been married? We have been married 14 years. Wow. Yeah. So okay. I kind of like him. Well, getting that's back awesome. to faith, family, and sports. Our network is all about that. Right. You know, I've been asking NFL players this week to answer this question, and, and I seem to get great answers, so I'm going to stick with it. Tell me what faith, family, and sports means to you in your life, in the swimming pool and out. Faith, family, and sports is sports, right? I mean, that is the Olympics. You have to have faith, you know, because God gave you the gift to do what you are doing. Family, you need family to help you get to where you're going as well as you need your faith in order to do that as well. And you know, sports... That's what it's all about, right? So I just think that this is a great network. It is very cool. Not a lot of people, like when I tell people I saw the light, they kind of start shaking. <laughs> oh, God, she didn't say that. Are you in oh, a cult? Oh, she didn't say that, right? But, you know, with you, you can be open. And, yeah. and that's what I think is so lovely about it. So, well, most people you. have a faith need. They just yes. don't know it. And our job is to create that situation where you can meet it. Right. And what we're excited about, about and have been doing for a long time, we just kind of said, let's put this into a network, is covering faith-based stories and family-based stories because we believe that that's what the fans want to hear. Yeah. They're kind of tired of statistics. I mean, I like the fact that you break records, but if you hear that for 87 hours of coverage on NFL Network about every stat boring. about the NFL, boring. boring. So when we talk to players like we talk to you and we ask them faith-based questions, their eyes get wide and they want to talk because it's their passion. Well, and also, there's so many negative stories that are out there right now that are being circulated. We don't really hear about the good stories. There are more good stories than bad stories, but we seem to focus on the bad ones, like the deflated footballs. Right. Who cares about that, right? Like, let's focus on some of the positives that are going on. No, but I will say this, though. It would be so funny if either Bill Belichick or Tom Brady played a joke on the media and they asked him the question, like, tomorrow, and he just broke down crying and said, okay, I did it. You, are you happy? I did it. It was Tom's fault. He gave me the idea. Right. Could you imagine the press of 500 people, what the response would be to that after asking that question yes. for two weeks? I know they're telling the truth. They're, right. they're keeping something from me. <laughs> We're here at Super Bowl 49 with Amy Van Dyken. And, Amy, besides the records and the Olympic gold medals, what I want to hear is, is what a lot of fans, I think I think about a lot of times because I love the Olympics. And there have been some incredible swimmers, and there are now. They, it seems like Team USA is in pretty good shape for the future. And you guys kind of paved the way for that. Tell me a story for the Olympics that most people maybe not have not heard that was a special time for you in terms of something that happened. Doesn't have to be huge, but it can yeah. be something where you just say, you know what, this is what I remember. It's really funny. Amanda Beard, who everyone knows now, she's a you know multiple-time gold medalist and whatever. Um, she was 14 at the time, and we were getting ready to do a relay. And she looks at me and she goes, Amy, I've never done a relay. And I'm like, are you, you're, you're kidding me, right? She goes, no, I don't know what to do. And I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to yell, ready, and then I'm going to scream, go. And when I say go, <laughs> even if it doesn't look like you're supposed to go, go. So we're up there. The swimmer's coming in. I scream, go. The media goes nuts. We win the gold medal because the media is now asking me, you are so supportive of Amanda Beard, like just cheering her.
on. And I said, yes, I know. We, you know, we love each other. Literally, they did not know that I literally was telling her That's to funny. go. So it's kind of like an all-star thing. All, you know, used to being an individual, and then she's fast, so you put her on the team to relay, yep. and she'd never done it? Never. She's 14 wow. years old, right? I mean, And so what, how did you guys do? We won. We won. Yeah. Gold yeah. medal. Yeah, we did. That's all you know is gold medals. I shouldn't right. even ask that. Right. What are you looking to do here as you move forward? Um, right now, I, I would love to be able to walk. If not, I want to help people um, and, and help them live the best life that they can live, be it getting equipment for them or, you know, letting them know that their day is not as bad as they thought it was and to live every day to the fullest. That's where we're going. Amy Van Dyke and Amy, thanks for coming on Sold Out. Thank you. Appreciate you. Check her out at amyvandyken.org. You're listening to a best-of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. All right, I'm with one of my favorites here. This guy was one of the great uh, football players in NFL history, Pittsburgh Steelers. We all know him as Rod Woodson. And, of course, career in broadcasting, coaching. Uh, he's uh, tried his hand at everything and been successful all the way. Great to see you, Rod. It's good to be here. appreciate you. I know. I haven't seen you in a long time. How you been? I've been doing good. You know what? You can complain, but it does no good. So, and you know what's great? You told me you're not promoting anything. I am not promoting. Anything. Are you sure you don't want to give me anything? No, just just me. I like it. I just like me. it. This is fun. So, so you've been coaching for four years. You're going to take some time off. Is that right? Been coaching for four years with the Raiders. Enjoyed it. Thought it was going to be a little bit different coaching in the National Football League, but little surprises, which yeah. it happens. Life is life. Um, more than likely, I'll get back into TV and radio, which yeah. I did before. I did it seven years when I first retired up to the point I started to coach. What was the part about coaching that surprised you? I don't want to sound like a scorn lover. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> no, You know? I think um, I know what you're going to say. I, I think it's just like, you know, when coaches get hired and players or guys are there, is it the best? Do you do, do, you do all your interviews or do you just hire your buddies? Right. You know, and... To fight that on a consistent basis year after year, and it's because it's a year in year out basis. Yeah, you know if you don't win enough games, you're fired. Right. In the National Football League after one year, so you know to to look at over your shoulder after each year, and you know two a year ago we were twelve and four. Right. With the Raiders, and then last year we we ended up ten and six, and everybody's trying to figure out what happened. Well, a lot of things happened. We didn't play really good football. Right. Um, there were the, other teams that, that want to win too, right? Absolutely. But to get to that point every single year. Um, it's tough just, in this league. Yeah, I tried it. I, I can say I tried it. Didn't work out. You know, I, I'm at peace yeah, with it. Yeah, but the experience, though, I, I would think a guy like you, it, it, that, it, that, that it was and, a good experience. You know, maybe I was in the wrong place. Maybe I was in the right place. I mean, the Raiders itself was a good place. You know, the, the Davis family was always good to me. Right. You know, Mark was good to me. Al was good to me. They're all good to me. And the reason I started coaching in the first place is that Al called me to coach. And you can't turn down Al Davis. Davis. How do you turn down Al Davis? So I just did that, but enjoyed it. You know, now I'm just going to go back and live my life and doing some type of. What was it like uh, coaching with Jack Del Rio? Jack, you know, I've known Jack for quite a while. Jack was coaching on on the staff in Baltimore when I was there in player as a player Uh, back in 98, 99. uh, He came in. And we won that Super Bowl right. in, in 2000. I always forget about that, and I shouldn't. I mean, you won a Super Bowl, but yeah. you, uh, that was a great team. Yeah, and Jack was a no-nonsense coach, you know. Um, 
didn't have a bunch of rules for his coaches. Uh, you know, even though if he didn't like the defense a certain way, he would let us like talk about it. <laughs> and then if he still didn't like it, then he would mandate it. Like, okay, now I'm telling you what to do yeah. now. So that's about the really only thing. But I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my four years. You know, um, it's not exactly what I thought it was, but um, I still enjoyed it. Rod Woodson with us, uh, Super Bowl champion. And, uh, you know, Rod, at this point in your life, uh, a lot of guys have never experienced all the different opportunities that you've had, right? I mean, it's, it's been a real blessing, I'm sure. Where, where, where do you see yourself in the rest of your life? Because when you retire, when you retire in this league, it's your whole life's ahead of you. I mean, are, are you still challenged by new things because you're trying new challenges? You've tried this. Is there some things you want to do? Besides the, 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 you know, going back to television that you thought about? I, you know, I never thought I would get into television. And then I got into television. Yeah. And, and I really enjoyed it. And the only reason, really, and I had a, you know, I always had a, I think, I always had a, like a idea in the back of my head, would I like coaching, would I not like coaching? Right. Then I coached my boys in football. Then I coached my girls in basketball. And I'm like, oh, I kind of like this stuff. And so I, I wanted to try my hand at it. And then when Al opened that door for me, I tried my hand at it. Right. So I'm at ease with that, in, that end of it. Uh, the one thing I really missed, though, I missed the, you know, I, I got a new family when I went to the NFL Network, so mm -hmm. to speak. And it, I enjoy talking about the game. Right. Because a lot of guys, and I only say what I mean. A lot of guys feed you a bunch of BS. And right. They say things they really don't mean. Right. They're just saying it for argument of reasons for this host. Um, but the one thing I, at least I try to come across as being a person that was passionate about what he was saying. Right. And I enjoyed that. And it's a lot easier. And you were yourself. And, and that's I was myself. And I, when, I, when I make predictions, they didn't have to come true. Right. Because if they didn't come true, I don't get fired. Or in NFL, sure. as a coach, if your predictions you don't come true, you get yeah. fired. So, you know, I, I think uh, for me, I'm not trying to do anything else. I think once I retire, I got a list of things I want right. to do. The first thing we're going to do with me and my wife, we're traveling the world. There you we're go. We're going around the globe. Yeah. How old are your kids now? Oh, my kids are older, man. They I, We have five. Uh-huh. So it's 27, 25, 22, 20, and 18. Okay, so what's up? One last one to the empty nest, right? Yeah, we got our last one. She's a senior in high school. And then we have a, our boy. He's in junior college. He went to Northern Arizona to play football, came back, all that stuff, and didn't like it. Now he's at uh, San Francisco City College. Uh, once my daughter graduates in May, once he's done with his AA in December, and we're completely done. Now, do you have a grandson or granddaughter yet? We have two grandkids for my oh, oldest daughter. That's, so fun, that's fun, right? That is fun. Well, sometimes. Yeah. It depends on which one. Back, it right? depends on which one. I mean, the seven-year-old, he's reasonable. The three-year-old, like, he's a three-year-old. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's what he is. He's a three-year-old boy. I, I got six from one to seven. Uh, four girls and two boys. Oh, yeah. And uh, my wife, it's like. We're in the car all the time because she's not going to be away from those grandkids. So it's like we had a triangle, man, from Boone, North Carolina, to the Outer Banks to Kentucky. <laughs> so she's like, we're going to see one of them. I mean, we got to go. So that's been, you know, a majority of my life now is spending time with those grandkids. And it's fun. Is it fun to watch your kids raise kids? It, it, well, it's fun and it's frustrating. 
because sometimes we go, man, where did she miss the boat on this one? <laughs> because I know we told her not to do that, or we told her to do it in a different way. But you know, it's it's just like we did when we grew up. Right. You know, we're young parents growing up, raising kids, trying to figure it all out, going through the process of parenthood. She's doing the same thing right now. When you look back, uh, because I have a lot of these young guys coming through here today, and it's really interesting to to look at the personalities of those guys that are one or two years in, the guys that are six years in, and then those guys fortunate enough like you that were 10-plus years. Right. Um, Where has Rod Woodson changed personality-wise from one to six to the end of your career? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, You know what? I... The confidence builder was probably like year three, four-ish for me. And really it was only after Rod Rust, who was our defensive coordinator in Pittsburgh at the time, cussed me out after a walkthrough because I was not paying attention, which I wasn't, and really chastised me about being a better player, being a better person, learning the game, respecting the game, becoming the better you that you can be. And he challenged me to meet with him in the off season, and I'm like, "Yeah, why not? Let's do it. I'm not married. I'm not. I got no tie. Right. I had no kids at the time." And I started meeting with him about what offenses are trying to do to defensive uh, players and disguise what they're doing. And you know, a couple weeks into it, the green light clicked on. I'm like, "Oh, you have to be kidding me!" So like the year four, my confidence. You became who a student I was. of the game. I became a student of the game, but I really started understanding the who I, what type of player I could become by study, by truly studying, not by watching film and cutting it on and eating right. popcorn, by truly studying. So, and he was that person. He was that coach too. So for you, the mentor or that changing point came from a coach. Came from a coach. Came from Rod Russ, and then from there. Two years into it, they left, and then I got Dick LeBeau, Dom Capers, and Dick right. and uh, Bill Cower. Wow. So I got another group, a good group wow. of solid coaches. So it's been great for me to see those type of guys and be around those type of guys. When did when uh, I talked to somebody today who told me at year thirteen that he said his he shifted his focus to feeling like he owed it to younger players to be a mentor to them. Did you ever get to a point in your career where that became something you thought about? Yeah, you know when I when I went to Baltimore. And it was year 13 for me when I first got there. So I got there in 1998. Uh, and you normally, you know, a locker room is set up where every position, positional, uh, every position is set together in the locker room. Well, all the DBs were down on the far end, and they had me wrapped around the corner with the linebackers. Mm-hmm. And I was set right next to Ray Lewis oh, and Peter Bowyer. But Ray was a baby. You know, Ray was in his third year of playing, and Peter was a rookie. Right. Um, so I knew at that point they wanted me to instill encouragement and draw some light in the ray as being a young player. And I think that's where it kind of clicked for me that it was given to me when I first got to Pittsburgh that Donnie Shea was my roommate. Oh, man. You know, Mike Webster was still there, yeah. still playing. Yeah. Uh, Stallworth was still playing when I got there in Pittsburgh. So those guys gave me a great deal of encouragement and guidance to being a pro. And Tony Dungy, on top of all that, was my positional coach and my coordinator, and Chuck Noll was the head coach. Wow. And what's amazing is, is Tony, when he got inducted to the Hall of Fame, was, in, was, was put in by Donnie Schell, who he said was that guy for him, who right. changed his whole life in terms of not just being a player, but how to, how to be a professional and, and a man. 
And uh, and and the one thing that I got from Donnie is that the night before the game, we were staying in lock or we stay in our hotel room, and Donnie would just talk to me about being a pro on the field and off the field. At all times, you have to be a pro. So your post career, uh, just done coaching in broadcasting. How, how have those experiences formed you as a husband and a father uh, and a friend and a, and a person now in your life? Well, as a, as a husband and a father, it made me, I don't, know if, I don't know if broadcasting made me a better father, but I think being more aware of my surroundings, being more aware of my wife's needs, being more aware of my kids' needs than my own. You know, a lot of times when you're an athlete, you're selfish. Right. Because it's all about you. It's about my bedtime. It's about when I have to go to bed. about when I have to get up. about when I have to work out. It's about what I have to eat. It's all about me. And once I got out of it, and it took me several years afterwards to realize that, you know what? Just because my wife, just because I don't like this, my wife might like this. Yeah. And the first time I did something that was just different that my wife, I thought she would like, she absolutely enjoyed it. Wow. And noticed it. And then I said, oh, yeah. And, you know, and it wasn't one person per se, but I think it was just the process I've been through in my life of going through, uh, I know how selfish I wisdom. could have been. It, it, is, it is wisdom, applied wisdom. Yeah. Uh, wisdom is no good as not being used. Right. But that applied wisdom, understanding what I've been through and how I've come through that with different individuals and seeing their lives and hearing them speak to their wives who they've been married. You know, when they're at that one point, at when I was a young in my marriage right. to, to somebody that was 25 years into their marriage. And now I'm 27 years into our marriage, and, you know, I'm thinking about my wife more than I think about myself. That's awesome. Rod Woodson, Super Bowl champion. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, soldouttv.com, and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel III. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith, family, and sport.